Namaste. My name is Callie, and this is the Your Own Medicine podcast. Here we explore the countless modalities to healing through authentic chats and honest interactions. So let's discover how to be your own medicine. To easily integrate daily wellness, yoga, meditation, and breathwork into your routine, check out my Yoga Island virtual yoga studio and community online. I have more than 60 recorded videos of yoga and meditation content on there. The goal is to make it really easy and doable for you to weave these ancient and effective and powerful practices into your daily routine to effectively change how you feel about yourself, your life, make you feel more empowered, more at peace in your physical body. So check it out. It's only $5.50 a month. Give it a try. Namaste. Well, hello, Ikaru. Thank you for joining me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So when I saw your message, I was like, yes, immediately. Yes. I'm so happy to have you here. You like specialize in this topic that is so interesting and like ugh, sexy, dirty, ugh, shadow work. Yes. Topic of shadow work. Yeah. So I'm super excited to talk about that with you. Just first question for people who don't know who you are. Who are you? Who am I? What is the essence of Icaro? <laughs> so my first name is Icaro. You can find me on Instagram as Hello Icaro, spelled I-C-A-R-O. I am Brazilian, but my name comes from the Greek mythology of Icarus, flying too close to the sun story. <laughs> yeah, that's just my name in essence. I have been a massage therapist for about like 11 years now. I went to school for graphic design and I do that on the side. And then while I was, I was actually working at an, a design agency, I just wasn't in a good place mentally. <clears throat> Sometimes I still struggle with it, even a few mm. years later. Mm-hmm, for sure. But I needed to search for something. I needed to search for something bigger than me. I've never really been, I don't want to say I've never been religious, but when I first moved to the U.S., my mom and I, we found a church. And church did you, was, sorry to interrupt, but did you move from Brazil? I did. I did. I was born in Brazil and I moved here in 2001. Okay. So how old were you? 14. Oh my God. That's a hard age. Okay. Sorry. Continue. It is a tough age because you're- That's like the hardest age you could probably ever relocate. Yeah. It was weird because I guess, I don't know. Most kids my age were like starting to date and starting to like people. Mm. In that way of just like, I was so scared of life. I was like, (laughs) So I, I, I know you moved here. I moved here and I was just kind of you thrown in the lion's den, right? You're trying totally. to figure out a new language and a new culture, things like that. Definitely a whirlwind. But we did find a church. And I think a lot of that move, they find these groups, not even for like religious purposes, but just for to meet people that mm-hmm. speak your language. They maybe can find some sort of community and help you. And they did help a lot with like furniture, finding my mom a job, things like that. But I, I think there were some parts of it too that were very helpful, but also very hurtful. I'm also gay. So growing up in that time of you're trying to figure out, figure yourself out, and then you move to a totally new country, 
but you're also thrown into like evangelical churches and they preach against. So then you go through this identity crisis situation. Were you openly gay when you were in that phase of your life? Yeah, yeah. If somebody asked, I would say yes. When I figured out the label, figured it out that it's, oh, that's my, then yeah, I would say yes to people. Mainly, I don't want to say without fear because it makes me sound like so courageous, but I was still afraid of like the clapback. Uh, but I was still like, this is me and I don't know how to be anybody else. So take me or leave me. I had this rebellious. <laughs> that's really cool. That is brave still. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Now, I, I know that not everybody has that kind of like bravery, but I was, I don't know. I just, I have no patience. <laughs> for the <laughs> BS. So it's like, if you have patience for me, I'm not going to have patience for you. We're not going to get along in that. So I'm okay. Right. I don't have to be liked by everybody. That's beautiful. Have you always been like that? A little bit. Like to some sort of, to, I guess maybe to my own demise in a way, because I'm in therapy. Mm. I've been in therapy for like a year and a half and like, it's interesting, January of 2021, like even before COVID, no, sorry, 2020, January 2020, mm-hmm. before COVID started, I had this weird panic attack and I was like, I need to see somebody. I've been wanting to see a therapist for a while, but I was like, oh, you need to see somebody. <laughs> so then I found this therapist and we're uncovering a lot of childhood trauma of not being accepted. Mm-hmm. So as much courage I had of always being myself, there still is that sense of like society rejection when it comes to that part of myself. Mm. Uh, and not, actually not just that part of myself, I think it encompasses all parts. Mm. Now being an entrepreneur and doing this shadow work thing, which goes side by side with therapy and spirituality as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you realize that certain traumas that you have are not just one part of you. They're not compartmentalized. Trauma mm-hmm. is like a river that just bleeds onto mm-hmm. many mm-hmm. different areas of our lives. Totally. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. A good analogy can bleed into other things as well. Yeah. Things that we don't realize. And I think yeah. also, when I got into spirituality, it was, I was working at the design agency and I thought I was going to be happy doing design work. And I do, mm-hmm. and I love art. I still love designing. Like I said, I do it on the side. Mm-hmm. And I've been lucky enough, a friend of mine that I worked with at the agency, he quit and did, and now is doing freelance. And then recently he hired me to work for him. That I made that connection. <laughs> but while I was working there, again, I wasn't in a happy place mentally, just very depressed, lost. And I was like, I need something bigger than myself. Like going back to the church thing, I need okay. that I can belong to somewhere. I can, again, wasn't church though, mm-hmm. not for me anyway. I'm not judging anybody that goes to church. Please, if that is what vibes with you, go for it. But it wasn't what vibed with me. And I was like, but I still need to find some sort of spirituality, some sort of, because this feeling felt so much bigger than myself that I was like, I need to look for something bigger. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I found Lucky enough, a block away from my old job, I found a crystal shop that mm. was almost daily Reiki circles. Yeah. yeah. There is when I found like my best friend, which is Jess being inspired. You can find her on Instagram too. But I was oh my- wait, so when was that? This was 2017. <clears throat> so like f- four years ago? About four years ago, yeah. Okay, nice. So circles, what got you into tarot? Because now you're like a tarot king. Thank you very much. Such a prestigious title. No, seriously, you have given me some readings that are like 
they like it the style between you and Caleb too is so different and I feel like your style is it's more subtle but then you'll say things that's just and I'm like oh no it goes really deep it's like deep it cuts deep but it's gentle at the same time I don't even know how to explain it I have heard that before where my readings, I don't sugarcoat them. I'm not gentle about them. I will tell you. The way I... you say it is so kind, but the words are like. <sighs> oh man. You're I'm like, I, I feel da da da. And I'm like, oh, he said that so nice. But it's good. But it's good to hear those things. You need to get the cards troll me. Like when I pull my own cards at home, I'll get the anxiety card three days in a row. And I'm like, oh fuck God. you. Are you kidding me? okay I get it universe I'm anxious so you're like but that's the thing too going back to your question about like how I got into cards yeah circles would the Reiki masters would put cards in the center not tarot but oracle cards tarot follows system they would put oracle cards in between which would have words like anxiety for example Mm -hmm. or little small phrases or paragraphs that's what I have yeah you are light you are love Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that sounds great but what now? What you just said, you got the anxiety card three times. <laughs> great God, great angels. What the hell do I do now? I know Please I'm- tell me I'm getting it th- three days in a row. It's got to exactly. mean something. I'm coming to you for help, for guidance, not for you to tell me what I'm already feeling. So at, at first, I, I'm, I can be a very shy person, believe it or not. And so when I- Are you an introvert? Yeah. Me yeah, too. I can be. High five. I can definitely be an introvert until you get to know me. And I'm like, let's, let's party. Let's do this. And I lately, I've been breaking out of my shell a little bit, talking about courage. But when I went, when, when I was going to the Reiki circles, I was like, perfect. A place where I can sit, meditate. Nobody talks to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, Delicious. It, it wasn't people. You're just in there to meditate and receive energy. You're not there to, to mingle and hang out and have drinks. Although I did end up meeting quite a few people which is so amazing. But they would put these cards in the middle. And I was like, I'm here. Might as well get one. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes the Reiki master would shuffle and hand you one. And at first I was resistant specifically to Oracle cards because mm-hmm. I was like, again, anxiety. What do I do with it? You're not helping me. I was like, I want to go deeper. I want to, I think curiosity got the best of me. Yeah. Curiosity just got the best of me. And I was like, I want to know more. these. I know there's something in these cards, these images and these words, because I also kept seeing people being like, oh, this is so me, or this makes so much sense. I'm like, it does. How? So I decided to go deeper and I discovered tarot in that way, just mm-hmm. through like YouTube, you know, watching YouTube videos, starting to follow like hashtags. It's crazy how much you can learn on. Oh my God. I have learned so much stuff on so, spiritual TikTok. It's amazing. Like I, when I started, TikTok wasn't a thing, which is so weird to say. I didn't have TikTok, but I had YouTube and Instagram and I learned so much from that. And now I follow like therapists on TikTok and I'm mm-hmm. learning these like nuggets of therapy and psychology. I'm like, yes. I'm on therapy TikTok too. I love that. It's, it's so I know. You learn so much and you go, sometimes TikTok in the five minutes will make you laugh. And then they- <laughs> I know it's, I love being on therapy TikTok, but just like the cards, just like your readings, sometimes I'll see a video and you're like, oh, that's me. And then you're like, oh, do you know like that? Oh shit. But it's, it's the, it's probably has to do with that. We'll get there eventually with the shadow work, but it's like that 
is in me and I'm seeing it reflected back and it's making me want to throw up a little bit, (laughs) a little nauseous. (laughs) Where are the Tums? So you learned how to do, how to read tarot through YouTube? Yes. I, so I, through Oracle and like rejecting or I got into tarot and I was like, Ooh, this is great. Cause life is so complex. Our feelings are so complex. And these, and, and only in 78 cards, you're seeing somebody's life unfold in front of you. There's so, okay. So there's, there's 78 cards. different cards. Okay. Well, that kind of blows my mind. Cause I feel like I get the same ones over and over. You really, do you have your own tarot deck? No, I only do it with you and Caleb. <laughs> that's, but wait, but it, that's maybe even more weird because you guys will pull the same ones for me. I didn't know there were 78. What are the odds? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Now I love it all. Now I, now I made my piece with Oracle decks and I have quite a few of them. Now I understand the card of anxiety. Now I understand the card of those single word cards of go for it or you are love. And I'm like, okay, I get those now. What but Can I you explain the difference between tarot and oracle sure so tarot is a much more older system it's uh, the writer Wade smith which is super famous was created in 1910 so it's not that long ago but tarot before that has been around since at least in recorded history maybe like the 16 1500 where uh, in the world did it come about what country so the history of tarot is a little bit mysterious uh, because, for example, the Chinese invented paper, right? Hmm. So you go back far enough and there is a game like playing cards that we know today, like poker playing cards. There was a game back in China that used paper cards. So, but they weren't exactly tarot. They were more like mahjong playing hmm. cards kind of situation. I don't know what to call it, to be honest with you, but it's just what I've learned from history. And then in... France and Italy, there was a game. I said there is a game called Tarochi, which uses like playing cards, but also because of royalty, because of dukes and kings. That's where the major arcana comes from. And I'll talk about that in a second. But the major arcana talks about like archetypes and rich people, the only ones who could afford these playing cards because they were the only, they were made by hand. They were drawn by hand. So they could afford to put their own portrait on them but then we know the story of like gypsies for example Mm -hmm. that would use these cards to read for people so they would see symbolism numerology things like that and then i don't know exactly when but this secret society called the hermetic order of the golden dawn is the one that imbued like infused the tarot with symbolism with astrology with hermetic principles with kabbalah principles in there as well what's kabbalah Kabbalah is uh, Jewish mysticism. Yeah. So if you see like the tree of life, it's 10 little spheres. They're all connected. It's almost like the, excuse me. It's like you're mapping out the creation of the universe. Top sphere is like the spark of God. And then it like travels through all these 10 spheres. And the bottom one is the earth. It's like us complete. I don't know all of it. I know it's so complex. And that's why I also. And that's just a part of it. (laughs) This is one facet. Jesus that Christ. That's why I don't know how y'all read them, honestly. It's just one facet because then you have astrology too, and then you have numerology on top of that as well. And that's why I loved it too, because I still don't know all there is to know about tarot. There's so many books out there, and it's still many books being re- written. <laughs> but that's why I loved it because it's a tool that I can be as shallow or as deep as I want to be. Mm-hmm. And it goes there with me. You mm-hmm. 
but because I'm somebody who wants to go deeper, then I think that's also why I adopted this ability of being gentle, but also taking people like to these gut wrenching feelings. So that was tarot. Tarot has seventy eight cards. Oh god! Oh my god! (laughs) So it's got twenty two major arcana. So arcana means secrets. So Mm -hmm. it's these twenty two major secrets, and then you have the fifty six minor secrets, which is like everyday life. And then it's divided into four, like hearts, clubs, spades, and diamonds. You have hearts will be cups, spades are swords, clubs are wands, and diamonds are pentacles or discs. And they have to do with, so cups are emotions, the heart. Spades are thought, process, rationality. Wands is fire, passion, drive, spirituality, sexuality. And discs, diamonds, pentacles are all about money, material things, career. But then oracle is much more free flow. Mm-hmm. Oracle cards have, I think most of them have 44 to 55 cards. Wow, that's a huge difference. It's like almost double the amount of cards in a tarot deck. Usually... Oracle follows a theme. For Mm. example, I have one. I think the latest one I bought is the Kali tarot. Kali is a Hindu goddess. I love Kali. I do too. I freaking love her energy so much. Mm -hmm. And when Alana Fairchild, which is a famous Oracle creator, created it, I was like, I need to have it immediately. When is it coming out? (laughs) But all 44 cards have Kali's face on it. Or, of course, different paintings on it. And then different words. And usually you go to the book and the book has like a long meaning to it. But Oracle follows a theme. Like you can have a floral Oracle deck and it's like different flowers. What else do I have? Mine I is have... an affirmations Oh one. yes, beautiful affirmation mm-hmm. Oracle. I am, it doesn't say. Meditation. Yeah, see I'm like affirmations really speak to me. And they say when you pick a deck, you're supposed to pick the one that pulls you. And so that was the one on Amazon that I was like, oh yeah, I like this one. <laughs> yeah and yeah it'll say like for the anxiety one I pulled three days in a row it'll say anxiety it has a little like sacred geometry and then it'll say an affirmation that's something like it's not like I am anxious it's something to transcend that feeling I love that I love that mm-hmm. it's perfect for a meditation mm-hmm. you have, like mala beads and you want to like the prayer beads you want to count oh my gosh yeah I've never done that with us but I probably should maybe that's why I keep pulling the same card your angels are like girl they're like we're freaking telling you I'm like that's nice (laughs) I know I do I'm guilty of doing that too pulling a card for myself and going okay I got it and then you put it back and you forget the message and I'm sure some spirit guys are looking at me like really queen yeah they're like come on now we're we gave it to you so clear on a platter (laughs) yeah and then we're choosing to ignore it yeah so that's pretty Um, much the difference between tarot yeah Yeah. tarot follows a system and usually always they're going to be 78 cards and oracles free flow up to the artist up to the creator of what it's like that they want to animals is one that i have i have an oracle deck with animals i have one that's just crystals so they follow a theme okay and you do you mix them sometimes and you pull for people do you do like their tarot pull and then you'll do i'll definitely mix it sometimes especially if i'm doing a session like a longer session like 45 minutes maybe an hour session mm-hmm. i'll definitely pull i'll start with tarot usually although it depends but usually i'll start with tarot and then i'll start to move on to some oracle and because i find that they layer each other 
the two systems layer each other and I'll get the tarot message and I'll go, okay, that's what we're working with. What are your blocks? Right. And then you can pull some, maybe like anxiety, for example, is such a huge block for a lot of mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, let's pull a card and the card that it comes out. Okay. What can we do about it? And then I ask the tarot kind of, what can we do about that? So you'll yeah. choose the Oracle card as the guiding. Yeah. Okay. And do you ever hear things when you're reading cards for people or how do you, because sometimes when you read for me, you go, I'm feeling the, is that just an intuition thing or do you, how do you interpret or receive those messages? I am jealous of people that hear things. You mentioned Caleb, right? So you and I connected because I used to do this show, T and Tarot. When the pandemic started, TNT, Caleb started doing TNT. I fucking lived for that. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Every day, I'm like, okay, four o'clock. <laughs> it was so much fun. He's the one that started it. And then he invited me to hop on with him. And I was like, yes, it sounds like so much fun. And then I connected with, with people like you and, and others. Mm-hmm. So it's such like awesome people. But Caleb will actually say, oh, I'm hearing my Archangel Michael say this audibly in my ear I'm like I want to hear things too I want to hear people whispering in my ear telling me how to live my life and I get jealous but I also know that if that happened to me I would be so scared I'm going crazy like I think am I schizophrenic for a sec yes I'd be like am I literally schizophrenic or is this happening so kudos to people that hear things but for me it's more of a of an inner knowing Mm -hmm. like a nudge yeah, it really is. I see the cards and I go, this is a story I'm seeing. Because to me, tarot and actually any kind of uh, card system is a storytelling tool. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at somebody's, pretty much when you're pulling these cards, they, what I tell people when I'm teaching tarot for them to read for themselves is you're pretty much building your own comic book strip. Oh, that's a really good way to put it. That's I like that. I see it. Because you're like seeing the story unfold and going, how do these cards connect? So right. to me, it's, it's this visual. I'm a very visual person. So it's this visual that makes me like almost like remember or form a story in my head and go, okay, this is what I'm seeing. And then I tell somebody or the person I'm rooting for, let's say you. And then they go, yeah, it makes sense. Like, okay, great. <laughs> but then in the middle of the reading, sometimes I will not hear, but I will remember a quote or I remember a lyric of a song or something. So I'm not really mm-hmm. hearing it in my ear, but I'm hearing it in my mind. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally. And then I'll tell them like, hey, listen, I'm hearing this song right now. And I'm not really hearing it, but I'm saying, hey, I'm remembering this song. And I think it makes mm-hmm. sense to them because blah, blah, blah. And I usually, it usually connects with what's, excuse me, with, with what's happening. And do you do anything before you read to connect yourself to source or spirit guides or whatever it is that you call that divinity like how do you do you just hop right in or do you need a second to do a ritual how does that work i have hopped right in because uh, i've done events or like doing tea and tarot you're doing like a reading for every, for a lot of people back to back maybe you're like you're just running errands or you're running late and you come home and you have no time so then i usually have not usually, sometimes I usually I have jumped in. But what I like to do is I don't take a lot of time because I'm a lazy witch. <laughs> I usually don't do things that are very dragged out. I'm the same with Reiki. You're supposed to do all these things. And I'm like, eh, eh, eh. 
like calling in the angels up down side side da, da, da. i'm like let's get this cracking i don't even do like sometimes if i'm feeling it i'll definitely do all that like i'll yeah. call on my guides and my ancestors that's what i say usually i call upon my guides and my ancestors of the highest source of light and love mm-hmm. that's my boom and that's all of them that's the whole party you're invited exactly i set up i set up highest love and light so i know that it's going to be all good energy right you know and i also i come from a very trusting place of i know that i'm protected Mm -hmm. like i trust already that like my guides got my back even if i haven't verbalized it just yet because if we also work with time as long is not linear when i have more time and i'm somebody who's a reiki healer or a tarot reader Maybe a week ago, I prayed and go, hey, Archangel Maratron is one of my main guides. And I go, mm. hey, hey, boo, <laughs> protect me. Even if I forget, please protect me in all my sessions. And then I, if I don't have the time, I kind of trust that it's I'm I love sure that. people that are listening are like, you're supposed to do it every time. I know. I'm down. But again. The time is not linear thing. I love that. Because, yeah, because if we're believing that we're working with energy, and energy is not confined by time or space, as they say in Reiki, then why would, you know, exactly. why would that make a difference? I'm going to start doing that a weekly, sending it out for all my sessions, beep, beep, bing. Yeah, because sometimes even like on full moon or new moon days, we're all quote unquote supposed to do a ritual. Mm-hmm. And I don't always have the time. I don't always have the patience or the energy to mm-hmm. really get in it and do it and do this prayer meditation, get really in it. But when I am inspired, mm. then I'll just bring in and go, hey, cleanse my energy and please protect me in all these times. Because people say too, that's about free will. So you're supposed to invite them in. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I did. I told them to that you're invited anytime. You got a key to my house. Come on in. Everyone's got a copy of the key. Y'all can come in. Y'all know what's going on. I love that. No, that, I really you. like that. Yeah, I like that view. That's how well, I do. And my prayer too, like when I, <laughs> even if I don't have that much time, when I'm shuffling the cards for somebody, my, my prayer, what I try to do is, yes, call in of the highest source of love and light. I always think that phrase is important to me. Mm. Um, just because at least they're coming from there, right? If, if different spirit guides want to come in, I'm open to that. Mm-hmm. but at least they're coming from that source mm-hmm. and also I always pray to remove my ego to set my ego aside for that moment That's because good. I realized too for example in my spiritual practice oh my god first when you start your spiritual journey you're going to hear a lot of mercury retrograde that's one of the first things you listen to and you go what's that and you're going to hurt you're going to hear twin flames personally have an issue with twin flames but when I'm doing a session my issue doesn't matter I have somebody sitting in front of me going, is he my twin flame? Me trying to school them what a twin flame is or isn't, that's, it's not going to do anything because mm-hmm. they came to me already feeling nervous, already a little bit anxious, already doubting themselves and confused about the situation. Whatever my feelings are personal to me and I can get on my soapbox and tell them it's not going to do anything. Right. I'm only going to confuse them even more. In my prayer, I say, please set my ego aside so then I may read the cards objectively. Mm. This message is for you. doesn't matter what you believe in or what I believe in. It's what the cards are saying. Mm. Try to come from that perspective. I love that. That's what I do when I am about to teach a class too. Because 
I think in anything where you're teaching or you're, yeah, where you're teaching or reading tarot or whatever it can be that you're, I think you're saying it from, yeah, ego is ego. And so sometimes that little shit can crawl in and hijack it and make it the me show. (laughs) And then it's just, it's then if you forget what you're doing it for, like the yoga class, me teaching the yoga class, isn't about me being like, Ooh, like, look at me. Like I'm DJing. It's about everyone getting something out of it. And same with the tarot. That is such a good ritual. That is so good. Yeah. Cause as much as I, as much as I love talking, another reason why, like when you invited me to this, to do this podcast, yes. Oh my God. I, I love talking about myself. I love talking about my work and things like that. And just I feel you. With people, mm-hmm. talking with other people too. But I have to recognize that there are places and times for me to promote myself, for me to talk to somebody else about beliefs and question everything and like mm-hmm. really take a topic and unfold it mm-hmm. from our experiences. But in a private session or in a small gathering, I have to go, okay, this is not about me right now, mm. but it is about what they take from it in their experience with it. And I, of course, I hope for my own ego that it's a good experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. If it's not, I'm like, all right, I get to move on. I guess that's the thing about removing the ego too, is if it was good for them and they were like obsessed with you and they love you and they want to come back and see you every day for the rest of their lives, great. You can be like, I guess that wasn't me. That was the, whatever was coming through you. And then if it was really, if they didn't like it and you have removed the ego from it, then you can be like, tough luck, sorry. Instead of being crushed, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because in, in a way too, it's something that we don't really realize, but we're also protecting ourselves when we remove our ego. I love what you just said, I'm not crushed. Mm. You know, I have had in the beginning when I first started, somebody be like, well, that didn't make any sense to me. And I was like, oh, am I bad? I should stop. Maybe I'm hurting people by reading these cards that I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's like, well done. I've read for all these people that have been great. And then one of them wasn't great. Suddenly I'm destroying my whole life because of- It's always the one that we fixate on too. The one that was like, eh, whatever. And you're like, I'm gonna quit everything. Yeah. Because there's, an, because there's a strong emotional connection. That's and why we, we remember the negative things because they have a strong emotional connection. Probably there. triggers us on some level too. Yes. So that's, they're the easiest to remember, the negative ones. Speaking of, that's a good segue into shadow work. I'm so excited to talk about this. I also started therapy in January. Yeah, January of 2020. Look at us living little parallel lives. Look at us healing and growing in therapy. And a lot of my therapy has been about, I'm a people pleaser. So my therapist was like, why don't you be a little bitchy? And she was like, super nice. She's like, why don't you, why don't you lean into that? And so this, I don't know if I've practiced shadow work in the way that you do it, but I've done something with shadow work and, but I want to hear what you have to say about shadow work. Cause you teach this to people, right? You guide people through this. So for someone who's never even heard what shadow work is and they're like, what the fuck (laughs) is shadow work? It sounds really scary. How would you describe shadow work 
So one of the things that drove me to shadow work <laughs> is its name because it does sound scary. And I was determined to find out why it was scary and what it really meant. Shadow work is plain and simple therapy. That's all it is. Shadow mm. work is therapy because the shadow, as we call it, because shadow sounds always scary because I think you go to that movie Ghost and then that evil guy that dies. It sounds like an exorcism. Yes, sounds like exorcism. I'm going to say there's a shadow out of you. And it's like, also because we think shadow is the opposite of light, right? Oh yeah, is it not? Right, so we go light. So that's another thing too. Like we, we hear light work and shadow work and you go, oh, shadow work is the opposite of light work. So shadow work is dark magic and light work is good magic. And like when I was talking to someone about it today, she goes, every time she was referring to shadow side, she goes the bad side, the evil side. And I'm like, I don't know if that's necessarily the, if, if shadow is evil. It's not. Here, here's my perspective. Maybe someone yeah. out there has a different perspective than me and I'm okay with that. <laughs> but light just means the conscious. Mm. Conscious right now that I'm talking to you. I'm conscious right now that I'm wearing a black t-shirt. I'm conscious right now of all these things. I'm conscious that maybe later tonight when I have dinner, I'm going to maybe order Chipotle. <laughs> I'm <laughs> conscious of all these decision makings. But the shadow is literally just means a subconscious, which means it's the unseen. We haven't shed a light on it. So we think, so here's the thing, actually, what I want to talk to you about shadow. Shadow is not the negative sides of you. Shadow are the rejected parts of you by society, by your parents, by yourself. Because, for example, you said people pleasing. So, if I may, I'm going to assume that you grew up in a society or in a household that if you portrayed anger, sadness, a tantrum, you were immediately shut down, rejected, and put in timeout. Correct. Because only good girls or good people show happiness, smile, they are agreeable, and they're nice. Yeah. So God forbid I have anger, which is a natural response to something that I'm frustrated about. Mm. Mm -hmm. So then that anger becomes part of our shadow. And we think anger is bad. Mm -hmm. Anger equals, usually, anger equals rejection from people. Oh. And because us human beings have such a deep need for belonging mm. i'm going to fully change my personality and myself to belong somewhere or to someone or to some group so then we think of shadow as anger, wow. sadness because those are traits that usually people didn't have patience to deal with or they never learned how to deal with it with us projected oh my gosh i'm feeling this in my body when you're yeah. oh my gosh so holy shit that is i'm sure ev so everyone has some form of shadow yes like for example shadow is not a negative thing for example mm -hmm. if you were if you grew up wanting to be an artist mm -hmm. if you grew up actually myself for example i have a bit of, of work on this I actually, I didn't grow up wanting to be a dancer, but when yes. I was older, like I was already 18, 19, that's when I discovered ballet. I was never really exposed to it as growing up because I don't know. So I grew up in Brazil, very machismo society. Totally. Ballet is gay. So I was never really exposed. And, and not, it's not my parents' fault. 
It's mm-hmm. just society. So I never really exposed it. But then when I was exposed, I was like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. I want to do it. So I took quite a few classes and I did it. I, I mean, trained for five years, right? I never went professional or anything because it's very expensive too. Mm-hmm. And really like, demanding. Very demanding as well. Mm-hmm. So let's say you, you wanted to be an artist. You wanted to be a musician, a painter, photographer, whatever. But your family is a family of lawyers. They're very logical family of lawyers, doctors, accountants, whatever. I'm not shitting on those people, but it's mm-hmm. whatever you want it to be. Naturally, that family is going to shit on the artist and going, you're going to make a living being an artist? You're going to do that? How? You can't. So then that child, because of the continuous reject, not do art anymore, even though they love it, even though it's something that moves them. They're going to stop doing art in order to pursue something that will bring them a sense of belonging to their family. Or so, they'll just fully really rebel against it and never talk to their family again. <laughs> the total opposites. Would art, so in the case of the rebellion, would art still be their shadow? Or does that become the shadow in the, okay, I'm going to swallow down this identity that isn't really mine and reject this creative art, whatever it may be, side of myself. In both of those scenarios, is that still the shadow or only in the second one? So if they've rebelled to become a full-time artist, they've created a shadow of the rational mind. Do you see how it flipped? Oh my God. Because yes. they are rejecting the rational mind. They rejected the part. Because let's say, I'm of course generalizing here, right. but let's say lawyers doctors accountants to me they're very rational people that follow a system Mm -hmm. right we all need some of that in our minds Mm -hmm. we all need a little bit of that especially if you want to be a business owner or something like that like for me i'm a very creative person so i do struggle with the rational mind process but i know i need it (laughs) so i i struggle and i try to learn as much as i can but if i need help i ask for it things like that although i do have a hard time asking for help that's my shadow (laughs) But the person that rebelled, they're going to become a full-time artist. I hope that they, they're doing really well. Awesome. But now they've rejected that part of themselves that is rational, that is logical, that is needed to not only paint, but you've mm-hmm. painted and created all these paintings, all these photographies, all this. How are you going to approach an art gallery to do an art show if you have no people skills, if you have no, no plan behind your artwork if you have no Mm -hmm. logic on where this is going to take you somewhere else so we've rejected that person specifically rejected the rational part of themselves so we flipped the shadow but so this really is just what they do in therapy is like making the subconscious conscious and then working on that whatever that means to in whatever therapy that you're in yeah. So the shadow is, like I said, the rejected parts of ourselves, whatever we rejected. People can't really see us, but right now I'm wearing, I have polish on my fingernails. I've been staring at those. They are so cute. I love, is it ombre? It is. It's like a black to, to red. Ombre. I love that. I think they're fierce. I love them. But I remember starting out playing with gender. And I'm a cis male. I have no, I, I don't go by they, them. I go by he. Sometimes in the gay community, we call each other she, so mm-hmm. I don't mind that, but pronouns he, him, whatever. And I have no plans of changing my gender. But 
I do love like playing with nail polish. I do love sometimes playing with makeup. And I remember when I started doing that, the rejection I felt from my family, mm. right, was like big. So it took me a long time to start playing with this. And now in my 30s is when I'm owning it more. Mm. And I'm getting more comfortable. And then when somebody does come with a remark or a look, it still bothers me, but not as much. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about them. It's about me and what I like for myself. So I'm no longer rejecting the queer part of me. Like the shadow is the rejected parts of ourselves. Shadow work is learning to integrate. So it's not, so one of my favorite symbols is the yin yang symbol. Mm, That's what I was thinking of when you were, yeah, okay. I love that symbol because it's the black and white with the two interchangeable dots. Mm. And here in America or in the West society, we think that it's a fight of good and evil. We go back to your question of light versus shadow. When really, it's about the integration and finding the 50 shades of gray that are in that system, in that symbol. I don't think I can go another second without mentioning Star Wars. Have you seen (laughs) Star Wars? Yes, I have. Okay, thank the Lord. Okay, (laughs) I watched it for the first time. I promise this comes back around. This quarantine or whatever in the last year or so with my boyfriend and I think watching it as an adult for the first time was really interesting because watching the journey of Anakin is interesting. And I love Star Wars because it shows like the full spectrum. And maybe, like you said, in the West, we do characterize, obviously, the Sith are the bad guys. Yeah. But it's you see the legitimacy and the intention and the pain of like in Anakin who then becomes Darth Vader and it's like the pull like you said the 50 shades and it's like where do you choose to does that make sense yeah like where do you choose to land on that spectrum because we all have that full we do capacity Yeah, that's the thing too that I think I see us being very polarized, especially nowadays, is them bad, me good. And it's yes, but we also have the capacity to be very bad. I have not always been the protagonist of my own story. Mm. I have said some stuff that was hurtful to people that I really care about and I love. Right. And them to me. Does that mean I'm going to cut them off? Well, depending on what it is, of course. I have no... I'm not opposing people that do cut family off because they really need to, whatever you need to do to heal yourself. But we are in this constant battle of good and evil, what we think we are, right? In this light and dark, when it's about the integration. If I allow myself to to understand that anger is not bad. Actually, I'm going to give you an example of how I used anger for good. I I was working at the design agency. And I just wasn't happy. I hated it. The place, the boss was very narcissistic and manipulative and condescending. And, and I was starting out my tarot journey. And I was like, oh, I really like this. I want to learn. I want to learn more, but I also want to teach people. And there was a particular thing that I forgot exactly what it was, but I got angry at my work. And I f- used this anger because, like I said, I'm, I can be a little bit shy sometimes and I'm still working on asking for what I want. But I walked to the crystal shop 
I was going there anyway to do the, the Reiki circle, but I walked in there and the boss was there, the owner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I'm learning tarot and I really want to teach it. Can I run a class here? And I ran two classes there. And then after that, I actually was the tarot reader for that place. But if I hadn't used that anger to fuel me, to push me to do something that I wanted to do, I mean, that, that fire was within me anyway, mm-hmm. but it would have been delayed because I would have had to like find it within myself, but I mm-hmm. used that anger to push me forward. Yeah. That's the good thing about anger. It has that charge. Mm-hmm. It's that I just had an acupuncture appointment this last weekend <clears throat> and my shadow side has a lot of anger. So we were working with that. A lot of it stored in my neck and my throat chakra. So it was extremely intense. And the acupuncturist was saying, she's anger is not bad. It's better than depression and sadness. Cause she said that just swallows your chi and anger is this like spark for change. Like you said, who knows how long you would have waited or until you went in and just have, cause you do need a spark to do those things. You need that little bit of courage to step out. The way I view anger too is anger is a side effect to sadness. The face we feel like that feeling is anger. But I love what you said, because anger is that spark, mm-hmm. but it's a spark from deep sadness totally. because we're sad because we haven't been able to express something, right? In that moment at my old job, I wasn't able to express my frustration, fear of being fired or fear of being, losing my job or whatever it was. So you get so sad that you have, it's almost like your feelings have no other way to show themselves other than anger because anger sparks change. Sadness doesn't really. Sadness usually sparks laying that all day, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) which sometimes we need, we do need that rest, but being sad for such a long time demands some sort of change. So then anger comes in as a, as an avatar to go, I'm going to create change. Mm-hmm. Sorry, can you hear the beat stopped? Yeah, that's really interesting. The whole, I, I remember when I had this like super toxic relationship and I, that's what got me into spirituality and meditation and really into yoga. And I remember doing this meditation on headspace or whatever. And it was, okay, what emotion are you feeling? And I had so much anger and it was bubbly and gross and lava And then it was like, all right, what was under that? And it was just this ocean of sadness. So it's like crazy how I really think, like you said, under anger is like that heavy feeling of sadness or like feeling rejected or like whatever it is. Or what I've learned too a lot through therapy is that anger is a a sign that the boundaries have been crossed. So violated in some way. And that's what that spark is to speak out or do whatever you have to do to set it straight, set it straight. Yeah. So when you work with people for shadow work, how does that normally look? It's a good question. I like working with people in like small groups You know, I'm doing a a workshop called brave magic and I'm going to keep doing it maybe like quarterly or so because it's everything we talked about. It's, having that bravery that courage to step into our feelings to step into our intuition to step into what is underneath for example that anger and then 
look at it, study it, move it. So then we can actually step into action, which is where our magic happens. So usually I tend to, I've been very blessed enough where I've gotten feedback from people saying that I make them really comfortable, which is amazing. Such an amazing thing to hear. Yeah, you have good energy. Thank you. I'm forever grateful and humble when I hear that. So usually when I'm running Brave Magic, for example, I usually start talking about how our brain doesn't understand the word no, it can't comprehend the negative. So then it's like, how does that look like? And then we start looking at our emotions. We start looking at our responses to emotions. Because when I started this spiritual journey as well, I would hear a lot of people going, I'm not feeling it right now. You know what? Let's do this live another day. Let's do this because I'm not feeling it. And I'm like, what? I understand you're not being up for it because there Mm -hmm. are other things that you want to do or depression hits or something hits or anxiety hits and you can't move through it. Mm -hmm. I understand that I'm not judging anybody that is coming from that place. But I kept equating it to most people. I kept looking at it going like, what do you mean you're not feeling it? We planned it like a while back and now mm-hmm. suddenly you're like not feeling it because, you're, because your intuition is telling you not to. Mm. And I'm like, and then I started to peel the onion of going, okay, what is intuition here? And what is emotions? Because I think a lot of us too feel like, oh, I'm feeling... Oh, I, I feel something. Mm, that, that's not it. That's just anxiety, honey. Take yeah. a breath. Exactly. Like, Especially when probably doing that work is not pleasant. Especially if it looks like therapy. I was never excited for my therapy sessions. Like they're hard. They're really mentally and emotionally demanding. And so I... It takes a lot of mental strength, I think. And I'm not saying, oh, if you can't get through it, you're not mentally strong. It's a lot. At the same time, I can see how people before your sessions would be like, oh, my my intuition is uh, telling me that today is not the right day for this. But it's really just that fear of, oh, I don't want to confront this shit right now. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's, It's avoidance avoidance masks as intuition that's really good because i just see it a lot of people being like oh my intuition is telling me no and it's is it your intuition telling you no or it's really your you don't want to you're not ready to deal with it and if you're not ready that's okay i have Mm -hmm. much respect for that but i have much more respect for i have respect for everybody really i'm not judging but there is a certain level of work that it takes to know yourself and go I'm not doing this because of this. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to go through with this, with therapy, shadow work, or even just a simple tarot reading, or even your acupuncture session that she'd said, you're feeling a lot of anger here. That's mm-hmm. very personal. And it's a perfect, it's, a, it's okay to have that boundary of I'm not ready right now. Right. But that's, I see a lot of masks in this spiritual community. And in this healing thing, we say healing all the time. Mm. We say shedding all the time. We say these really beautiful terms of I'm ascending. I'm mm-hmm. shedding the old skin. I'm a mm-hmm. snake. I'm forever growing. And it's like eating kale and doing yoga is not forever growing. What you said, I love what you said. And it's so uncomfortable, but it's so true. You're not looking forward to your therapy sessions because they're hard and they're emotionally demeaning. What that tells me is that you're actually fully surrendering to the process because it's difficult and because you can tell me that it's difficult. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's true. If anyone was like, I don't, I was doing EMDR. So that's like very structured therapy. It's like the eye movement therapy. There's like beginning, start and finish to the sessions. If someone tells me, oh my God, I love my therapist. I can't wait to do, I don't believe you. Or maybe you're doing a fun kind of therapy, but I think uh, I love that we're talking about this because I agree with you that in the spiritual community, there's this like pedestal of face masks and bubble baths and like all of that is good and dandy and it has a place. But I do think like the real nitty gritty, this is my opinion, the growth comes from doing trauma work and fucking digging out that grime that's trauma and in us that everyone has and that is not pretty it it doesn't feel good it's really uncomfortable and it yields the best results in my opinion yes another another thing another thing that took me to shadow work is the idea of self-care just set a bubble bath and things like that and Mm -hmm. yeah they absolutely have a place Mm -hmm. Uh, i hate baths but like they're kind of gross. You're like sitting in your own like dirt. I find them so relaxing, right? For yeah. me, I, I like massages. They're very relaxing. I'll afford one, but uh, do a monthly one or something, but they'll be amazing. Mm-hmm. Whatever you find relaxing, that is definitely a level of self-care. But if, you, if we're talking self-care for healing, it does take you surrendering to it. I, unfortunately, I have people that I know who are in therapy, but then they're kind of like bored with it. Or they don't know what like what it's doing for them that means you're not really surrendering yourself and then they, they will tell me like stories and i'm like have you told this to your therapist they go no because it's in the past who cares it's in the past and i'm like we have no idea <laughs> what the, that's literally the that's the point but sorry exactly. carry on but they're not yeah. ready for that message right and i told them but they're not ready for that message and i'm like i have to let them yeah yeah right 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 and go on their path but we have no idea how much subconscious is the actual driver of our bodies. Our subconscious is so powerful that actually our trauma that's in the subconscious in the shadow dictates our sexual attraction. It dictates who we're attracted to. It's not just, I'm attracted to this. Part of your trauma is in there showing you who you should be attracted to. So if we don't look at, so then people come to tarot readings, right? So when you say that, you mean they're like attracted to people that recreate the trauma that they have? Okay. Absolutely. Because it's, thank you. That was actually beautifully said. Thank you for clarifying that. Yes. We look subconsciously, we look for people in situations that reinforce the trauma because going back to why the brain doesn't process the negative, mm-hmm. we, the brain always wants to be right. So if I tell myself in the subconscious, I'm a piece of shit. Nobody loves me. I only attract toxic people. Guess what, mama? you're going to continue attracting toxic people. Not because Mm. you're saying it, not because it's your affirmations that you're putting out in the universe, but because that belief system is so strong in your subconscious that we are going to, the brain wants to reinforce the belief system. Yeah. Now, once we bring the shadow to light, once I see that, hey, I grew up, not me personally, thank God, everyone has some sort of trauma, but if you grew up in a, traumatic family right abusive parents things like that if it's not consciously 
healed and worked on and looked for, we're going to continue looking for relationships that subconsciously try to work out that trauma because we still have issues with our parents or guardians or family members because we can't go to them directly for whatever reason, fear, or they're already passed on. Then I'm going to try and work it out within myself with somebody else that looks, feels, acts like my traumatizer, my abuser. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. All in the subconscious. But if I bring my shadow and I work it to the light, shadow work, bringing it to light, now I'm conscious of what it is that's working, the mechanics in my, the back of my mind going, I don't deserve to look for abuse. I've already had the abuse. I'm actually looking to heal from it, to move away from it. And I know I deserve better. I know I deserve a relationship that's strong, that's capable, that's loving, that's encouraging. I'm going to look for that in, that in other people. Mm. That person is not it, but it'll be somebody else because I'm looking for that. Because mm. I, quote unquote, am already working through the traumas of the past. I'm not continuing the cycle. Mm -hmm. But I see people coming to tarot, for example, in my sessions, and I see how toxic these two people are for each other. They come in tears or they're like, I love them. But this happened. They're drinking alcoholic. They yelled at me, whatever. And I'm like, I don't care how much you love them. Love them from a distance. Mm -hmm. Just because you love somebody does not mean they belong in your life. Mm -hmm. But because, again, we have grown up with such rejection shadow we've created a shadow because we have been rejected that now breaking up with somebody means i'm rejected i'm nobody i'm not worthy i'm not enough so i'm reinforcing the past ideas that i'm not trying to reinforce them i'm trying to move on from them but then i think that person can be better they can do better they say they love me so it must be true so they mm. must have a heart in them even though they abuse me they say they love me and, but again, maybe we've grown up with parents that abused, but also said, I love you. So mm -hmm. we, think love. we think that trauma is love when it's not. <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard that the brain just tries to create what is familiar to us. So literally just like, literally it's exactly what you're saying, just in a different way with the words if we grew up in a household oh my gosh that example is really good where the parents because that's a really common one or I don't know the parent I've maybe that is what it stems from parents being abusive whatever that may be emotional abuse I don't know but then also saying I love you and now your partner is doing the same thing and you're like no this is what it feels like this is what love feels like yes because your body knows too. Your body knows mm -hmm. that this is what love feels like because I also was in fight or flight at home and my parents said they loved me. So I'm also traumatized here, but it's love. It's wild how that scenario of fight or flight in a quote unquote loving relationship feels safe. Mm-hmm. We think that that's safety because it's familiar to us because, oh, I've, that's how my family is. That's the dynamic of just relationships. So I have to be in this constant state of stress. And chaos. 
and chaos. So peace, actual love feels very threatening. Yes. We don't trust it. We don't believe that it's real. We immediately distrust the person that's offering actual love. Always waiting for the trauma to happen. The other shoe to drop. Always Mm. waiting for the fist to punch. We're waiting for something to happen. My boyfriend that I'm with now, I've been with him for four and a half years. He is super chill, easygoing. My ex was, we were volatile, me and my ex. It was super toxic. Me too. It was both of us. And so once I started dating my current boyfriend, it was really nice at first, honeymoon phase. And then I was like, this is so boring. (laughs) And he, he was just treating me well. And my body was like, what the hell is this? This isn't what love feels like. Love is exciting and dangerous and crying and screaming. And so being like, good morning. Okay, good night. Felt like old people shit. And now I'm getting, obviously it's been a couple of years. So now I'm getting used to it, but it's just crazy how we go for what's familiar. So that's what you work on with shadow work. I love how you said to just taking a moment that you said your ex-boyfriend, he was toxic, but then you said also me, it was both of us. I love that. I'm sorry that you went through that. What an awful situation. And I'm always sorry that people go through their own traumas, but without trauma, we don't have discernment, right? Mm -hmm. right But it seems like you've developed enough where you can also tell where you have been, perhaps not the protagonist. (laughs) I was the villain of my own life in that phase, looking back, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you're both at, because we're both at fault, right? He had his own issues. You had your own. A lot of people too will, will just, there is again, comfort and blaming, right? It's so easy. It's so satisfying and easy. Oh my God. I love what you said. It's satisfying. Mm -hmm. It's lost. It's easy. It's delicious. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's literally delicious to blame. Oh my God. To go, he's a piece of shit. He's awful. He did this. He did that. One thing too, that I saw a little while ago is because some people ask themselves, why am I attracting these people? And the shift here is, why are you allowing them to stay so long in your life? Mm. It goes back to that. You have been aware enough to go, okay, these are my issues. This is where I went wrong. This is where I was a toxic person. Because again, we've all been there. We've all been the protagonist. We've all been the villain at some point in our lives. But Mm. it's tough. And it takes a lot of courage and strength to look within and go, oh, what I said was not cute. I remember when I was getting therapy, I was telling my therapist, I think I hated her that day about how <laughs> terrible my ex was. And I was like, he did this and he did this and he said this and he, and she, what was your part in the relationship? And I was like, no, that doesn't fit the narrative we're talking about. And it's I, my part in it. I remember what I said was And even in that part, that moment where I was rejecting having anything to do with it, I was like, my part in this was staying so long. Just like what you said, it was an act of self-hatred in that moment. Absolutely. And I think when we abandon ourselves in these situations that are so terrible for us, blame whoever you want. 
the, the guy, the girl, whoever. <clears throat> but you're the one, or I was the one that knew it was bad for me. And I stayed. And that made me the villain of my life at that time in my life. You were your own villain, like punishing yourself for something. Oh my gosh, yes. Recreating probably a chaotic situation that made myself feel comfortable on some level. But that's the thing. I believe that if you hadn't started this, your own shadow work in your own healing process, your next relationship would have been the same. Mm. Oh, I guarantee as well. You never learned to take a mirror and go, oh, I, <laughs> that ain't cute. That, it ain't cute. <laughs> it ain't cute being toxic. No. Ikaro, I could literally talk to you for hours about oh this. God, I feel like we're just getting started, but out of respect for your time, I'm going to start to wrap it up. So I just have three final questions for you and they're, and then we'll plug all of your goodness. So they're like a speed round, like answer in either a word or a sentence, or if you're like dying, you can do a few sentences, no limits, but we try. It's like a, what do you call it? Lightning round. Yeah. Rapid fire. All right. So what is one message that you would tell your 13 or maybe 14, since you were moving to the United States at that time, 13 or 14 year old self, if you could go back, uh, take your time. That's a tough one. Some of these on TikTok and they tear me apart. Oh my, oh my God. They make me cry every time. But yeah, I know those ones make me cry too. I, I don't know. I think for me to, to, is I think to find the people, I've been lucky enough to have beautiful friends in my life, but I think to conscientiously find people that are like me. I tended to be like building relationships with whoever was available, which is great. Again, I've built beautiful friendships. And I think that allowed me to connect with many different people so that I, I understand the many different walks of life. But at the same time, I'm now as an adult, I struggle with belonging. So I think if I had found maybe people that are like me, or were like me, I don't know, maybe some things would have changed. But Everyone belongs somewhere. Mm-hmm. So just finding that little space. Mm, that's good. I like that. Okay. Single biggest thing we could or can do as individuals to move towards healing the world. Healing yourself. That's one of the reasons why I am so adamant about shadow work because light work sounds beautiful crystals tarot cards yoga like meditation i love all of it but sometimes and i've seen from people it becomes this identity that it's really a mask of no i'm everything i'm peace and love the trauma that's underneath this volcano about to erupt no all peace and love no you're denying everything that's going on in you but maybe one day we should work at it anyway maybe one day they'll call you <laughs> maybe one day yeah, <laughs> do some shadow ready for it but i do hope that when your time comes to really look at your healing process and your healing evolution that you surrender yourself to it and then this one is a little bit of a different vibe 
what is your favorite most powerful affirmation that you tell yourself it can be an i am it can be whatever lately i've been doing some ancestral work talking about family healing trauma and ancestry mm-hmm. and things like that so lately it has been i honor all of you by going beyond like i go beyond i grow more i rise more i just felt uh something go through me when you said that really mm-hmm. maybe it's your ancestors too oh my gosh maybe <laughs> But lately it's been like that because honor, talking about belonging, us belonging to our families and recreating these patterns. Like my prayer lately has been to my ancestors going, I honor all of your struggles. I honor your triumphs, but I get to go beyond. Mm. And I honor you with me. As I rise, we all rise. As I grow, we all grow. So as I honor you more and more, I we all go beyond, but I get to go beyond. I get to go bigger. <laughs> and that's, the privilege that you get from doing this nitty gritty icky work I agree yeah thank you so much for allowing me to ask you questions and you're so cool I think Uh, that you're so cool thank you thank you I think you really wear your heart like in a way that I don't know you're just you are vulnerable in a beautiful way And it comes across every time I see you on tarot readings or whatever it may be. And I'm just so grateful that you came and you're so wise. You have so much wisdom. So thank you. you. That means a lot to me. Sometimes we can definitely step into that imposter syndrome. Yes. But that means a lot to me. And I am so honored that you invited me to be a part of this. I love this idea. I love this podcast. And I don't know. Maybe we'll do a series. I'll be. I think we. Sh- I think you need to come back, because literally when we stopped talking about the shadow work was just when I, I was like, oh, okay. I could have kept going. That just felt like a starting point. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, and then any current offerings that you have right now? Sure. So I'm very active on Instagram, so you guys can find me on Instagram at hello Icaro. Hello, just H E L O. Icaro, I-C-A-R-O. All the all my links are in my bio. So my website, I use a third-party website called buymeacoffee.com slash Icaro. So you can find me there as well. I'm actually going to launch a, a tarot training so you guys can learn how to retire for yourselves in October um, of 2021. But in September 19th, I'm doing my Brave Magic workshop that I do want that to be like a quarterly thing. And I want it to be, even if you've done it once, you can come back to it and go deeper the next time you come. So it's definitely this workshop where I'm not really pulling cards on that one, but I am doing a lot of shadow work, exercises, meditations, journal prompts on there to just get us to feel our feelings and then go just underneath the surface to step Mm -hmm. into our courage. I also have a membership called the Rainbow Temple where I do monthly teachings on there. I do uh, monthly card pulls on there, different themes. September, funny enough, the ancestral energy came through for September. Mm. And so I've been feeling that too. That's so, that's, yeah, that's crazy that you said that. I love that. I mm-hmm. love that because, yeah, I definitely allow for the Rainbow Temple, I allow kind of spirit to move and to give me signs for the collective. So it was ancestors. Last month was the energy of water, which is mm. about Reiki, about healing, detoxing, things like that. Our sacral chakra as well. Before that, it was 
Oh, it was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit. So it was about like connecting in higher realms and our angels and ancestors. I mean, angels and uh, gods and goddesses. Oh, that's so cool. So is that, is the Rainbow Temple a subscription service that people can subscribe to and monthly? Okay, cool. Yeah. So the Rainbow Temple is a monthly subscription. It's only $11. (laughs) So you guys can totally, I kept it affordable. And there's every week, there's something that drops. Either it's a sacred circle, like little class or a video or a PDF workbook that you can do in your own time. Sound healing there as well too, teachings. And then my Brave Magic Workshop is going to be a quarterly workshop that I'm going to. First one is going to be September 19th, 2021. And then my tarot training coming in October. And will that be your first Brave Magic one? Yes. So that one oh my gosh. Magic one. That's so exciting. I'm very nervous. Um, but very excited. No, it's going to be so good. Because it, it's something that like, at least energetically for me, it feels like I'm stepping into my own, mm-hmm. kind of owning this power that I have and this energy that I have to, yes, teach tarot to, yes, make people comfortable, but also make you uncomfortable a little bit mm. <laughs> and to go there with me. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm excited. You do that well, doing comfort and uh, uncomfortable at the same time. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but thank you for joining me. (laughs) I'm so grateful to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Your Own Medicine podcast. Be sure to rate and review. It's much appreciated and gratefully helps boost the podcast. See you next time and keep on healing.